In Genesis chapter 30, starting at verse 25, and we're going to end with the end of chapter 31. And the word of God tells us in Genesis chapter 31, I'm in chapter 30, starting at verse 25. As soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own home country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you, that I may go for you now know the service that I have given you. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your sight, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages and I will give it Jacob said to him, you yourself know how I have served you and how your lifestyle has fared with me. For you have had little before I came and it had increased abundantly and the Lord had blessed you wherever I turned. But now when I shall provide for my own household also, he said, what shall I give you? Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this for me, I will again pasture your flock and keep it. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it every speckle and spotted sheep, every black lamb and spotted and speckle among the goats, and they shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for, my, for, me, to, for me later. When you come to look into my wages with you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and the black among the lambs, if found with me, shall be counted stolen. Laban said, good, let it be as you have said. But that, that, but that day, Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted, and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, everyone that had white on it, and every lamb that was black. And he put them in charge of his sons, and he set a distance of three days' journey between himself, Jacob, and Jacob pastured the rest of Laban's flock. Let me read a couple of verses also in 31. Now Jacob heard. that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has gained all his wealth, this wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. Let me stop there, and we're gonna still continue going through the test rest of, as, we as I preach the message. But let me stop them and pray for us. And let's walk through these verses together. Our Father God, in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for bringing us back again to be in your word together. Lord, I pray today that, Lord, we see your glory in the text and see your attributes here in the text. That we can be able to see that this is the God we serve. This is the God that deserves the power and the honor and the glory. So, Lord, we um, consume our minds right now, Lord, with your word. Let us not be distracted, Lord, on what we're going to be doing later today or what we're going to be doing in a few moments or this week or the rest of this year. But, Lord, let us be attentive to your word. Let us draw near to your word. Build us up in your word. Let us submit to your word. Even for myself, Lord, let me not distract your people. Let me not point your people to me. But, Lord, let me point them to you. So help me. Give me the wisdom. Give me everything that's needed, Lord, to preach your word faithfully. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to be learning about Laban um, and how Laban and Jacob is going to have this dispute. And Jacob's going to be wronged by Laban. We're going to figure out how many times Laban's going to wrong Jacob over and over again. We already learned about how Jacob wronged them. I mean, how Laban wronged them earlier on what Jacob was going to marry. We all know that in this room, we all know someone that have been wrong or we ourselves have been wrong 
by others. Just recently, we have seen and heard about the slap that shook the world, the Oscars. We heard about the OBJ being mistreated by the Browns. We heard about certain actors not being able to play in certain roles for certain reasons. Some may even feel with Apple. The upgrades on your phone, you might feel wrong by Apple that every time you get an iPhone, they have all these upgrades and eventually you got to upgrade your phone again to another phone. Or you might feel wrong by a teacher, by a relative, by a spouse, by a friend. We can go all day, we all can say in this room, uh, back to an instant that we all were wrong in a particular way. What about a car accident? I feel like you was wrong. They said, well, you did it. It wasn't me. We have seen how the world respond to how they was wrong. For example, Will Smith felt like he was wrong, his wife was wrong, and he defended and he went off and slapped someone, Chris Rock. OBJ went on Twitter when he was wrong. But many other people have done certain things when they were wrong, they have went out and lashed out. We have seen what's happening throughout the last first few years of the different uh, protests. When someone was wrong, they have protests and they have burned down buildings or and some might have protested briefly, some might have did it in another way. We have seen how the world has responded to the particular way of some form of being wrong. But what about the church? The Christian church? How do we respond when people wrong us? We have heard different rap videos have People have mentioned that somebody wronged them and they're going to retaliate on them. How do Christians respond when we are wronged? I hope today in our test today we can be able to see Jacob, how he's wronged by Laban. And we can see the, the glory of God in the life of Jacob, how Jacob is this type of Christ to come, how Christ responds. What happened to Christ when Christ was wrong? Christ laid his life down for others. And him laying his life down for others go far beyond the wrong, right, that have been done to us when people have lied on us. People have done things to us what Christ has went through far beyond what he went through. What we go through doesn't compare. So how did Christ respond when he was wrong? He still laid his life down. But family, let us not be so prideful and arrogant and say that was Jesus. That ain't me. That, that was Jesus. That was me. So I don't have to do that, right? When somebody wronged me, I can defend myself. I think there's Matt Chandler coming out of me, ain't it, right? But when I was wrong, what I defend myself and I do these certain things. Family, if that pride is part of our hearts today, I pray that this text encourages us to be able to see the beauty of Jesus that everybody around us respond when they're wrong in a certain way. They're not the absolute, they're not the one with all authority. The one with all authority is Christ. So we respond in a way that under Christ, and it might be cheesy, it might be lame, it might be whack to this world. How dare you, you, you let somebody do you like this and you respond this particular way. Family, the world doesn't understand the things that are like. But the world doesn't understand the things of Christ. So, yes, we might get laughed at by the world because how we respond when people wronged us. But guess what? We are exalted by Christ. Amen. So I pray today's test be encouraging for all of us in this room. That we cling to Christ when times we are wrong. So let's jump right into our test with the time we have. We're going to learn here today about how Laban... Continue to mistreat Jacob. Then point number two, we're going to learn about the Lord looks upon the afflicted, those that have been wronged. And point number three, we're going to finish off with the Lord protects Jacob and um, from Laban. So let's jump right into it. Laban continues to mistreat Jacob. Verses 25 to 30, we have we can see that Jacob try to convince Laban that it's time for him to go home. 
Jacob came to the east to marry and to go back home. He left his mother and his father to find a wife from Padamaram and to go back eventually. But now he's married. Well, we know he got what, four wives now, right? He's married and now it's time for him to go back. So Jacob demands Laban to give him his wives and his children and blessings for them to lead to the promised land. Look at verse 27 in chapter 30. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your sight, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. This divination, I can't even say it, is like foretelling. It's like visiting a witch doctor for information. So Laban has been knowing all this time for a while that Jacob is one that has been blessed. He didn't have to go to a witch doctor to see what has happened to him in the last 20 years, the 14, 21 years. He didn't have to go to a witch doctor to be able to see what is happening. He can be able to see that the blessing of Jacob has come from the Lord. Jacob is a descendant from Abraham. And the blessing comes upon Abraham and is passed down to Jacob. So it didn't take a witch doctor to figure this out for Laban. Laban is not one to give the credit to the Lord. So Laban says in verse 28 then, okay, I found out that now that all these blessings became because of you, Jacob. And it's a name you're righteous. This should sound familiar to you. This is the question that Jacob asked. You remember in chapter 29, verse 15, when he first met Jacob, right? Laban asked this question over again before. Name your wages. One source says this. Laban does not want Jacob to leave because Jacob has made him wealthy. Pretty much in the words of KJ, right? Laban has hit a lick. <laughs> and so Laban has now has figured out that this guy here is a gold mine, which is Jacob. Jacob is a gold mine. Long as I'm good to Jacob, the more blessed I'm going to get. So it goes on to say, Laban asked Jacob the question when he first arrived in 2915. But he has shown himself to be untrustworthy by giving Jacob Leah as a wife instead of Rachel. Laban will continue to be untrustworthy after he and Jacob agree on the wages. Jacob don't trust Laban at all. He says it before in the past, name your wages. Laban is trying to slit talk Jacob to stay. He's trying to run game on him. He's trying to work on him to be able to see for him to be calmed down. You don't need to be leaving nowhere. Stay here. Laban should consider Proverbs 3. Do not withhold good from those to whom it do when it is in your power to do it. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Family, this is common for those in Christ. As we live for Jesus, we will continue to meet people that will take advantage of us. We are the ones the world take advantage of. The world will not take heed to Proverbs 3. That the Christians are the ones that are walking into the light. The ones that are willing to, to give their life, to serve, to help, to be able to, to invest into others. That's what the Christian church does. But the world will take advantage of that. The, nice, the more nice you are, the more they might take advantage of that. So they not, might not do it only just one time. The word is not going to just do it twice. They will continue to take advantage of your kindness. That's the world does. But we don't have to be afraid to explain what God has called us to, to lay our lives down. We don't have to explain to others that even though they're taking advantage of us, we might not have to explain to them in that moment. But we know this right here. God will be good to us. And I'll talk more about that here shortly. 
that we can be generous at times, even when people are willing to take advantage of us. Then we see in verses 30 through 43, Laban tried another instance of taking advantage of Jacob. In the past, he took advantage of him with Leah and Rachel, but now he does something different here. Now he uses the actual, the flock. Jacob wants to take all the sheep and the goats with spots on them. And Jacob brought about this plan. Jacob mentioned all the, the sheep with spots, some with not spots on it. The one that didn't have the spots on it, the, the one that, that are more, in a sense of, more valuable. So Jacob is like, hey, the one that with spots on them, give me the one that's not as much as valuable. Give me the one that is not as important. So when I leave and everything, you got the wealthiest, Laban. So Jacob is showing his posture of humility. Even though he had been wrong, he responds with a posture of humility. Give me the flock that is not as valuable. And it's possible that there's more solid sheep and goats than the speckle. So Laban is thinking that he's going to win in this. And Laban thinks about it as Jacob asked to say, give me these animals. Laban probably rubbed his chin like this and said, yeah, I like this deal. Give me all the animals that is more valuable. And you take the ones that are spot and speckled. The one that got patches all over them. You take all of them and I'm going to take the one that is not spotted. Laban is sticking in here again to take advantage of him. So what happened? Well, Jacob, he bred the sheep and goats. And we're going to learn about this here in the next point, but he takes the sheep and goats and he breeds them. Listen to this in verse 37. He took fresh sticks of poplar and almond and plain trees, plain trees, and peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the sticks, he set the sticks that he had peeled in front of the flocks and the troughs, that is, the watering place, where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred when they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the sticks, and so the flocks brought forth striped and speckled spotted. Not sure how this worked scientifically. But for the most part, though, is that I don't think this should be figured out by scientifically. I know so many people spend so much time trying to understand if I get a stick and get a knife and, and rub some of the, 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 the wood off the sticks and put them in front of certain animals and let them breathe, then eventually we can get spotted certain animals. Some people have thought about that. I don't think that's the focus here. I don't think the focus is actually trying to go out and carve out sticks for we to be able to create animals that are certain color. One person says this. It is great comfort to know that when the Lord purposes to bless us, there is nothing that can stop him. We who confess him never take this for granted. But the love, but to live holy lives in gratitude for choosing us in his marvelous and undeserved grace. Know that Jesus is reigning even now and can bless you in spite of all your opposition or mistakes. Let us thank him for this marvelous favor and share the hope of the blessing with those who do not know him. The reason I put this quote in here is that it was all of God. God was shown in his glorious nature here. God was showing his glorious nature here that the animals that Laban wanted, that he thought he could outdo and undermine Jacob, the Lord is like, okay, let him try that. Let him do that. But the Lord shows his power that the Lord is the one that perfects nature. He perfects nature. And what did the Lord do? The Lord took these spotted goats and sheep and the Lord multiplied them. 
He multiplied them. The Lord blessed Jacob. He multiplied this. Even when he was wrong, the Lord multiplied the blessings of Jacob. We're going to talk more about this shortly. But not that, only that. Laban men also attacked Jacob. Jacob was, was wronged by Laban. Now he's attacked by Laban's men. Look at verse 1 in chapter 31. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob had taken all what all that was our father's, and from whom that was our father, he has gained all this wealth. And Jacob saw that the Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Now Laban's sons were saying that Jacob got wealthy because he took everything from Laban. You remember this, you remember what happened? Laban took all the flock that belonged to him. You remember when he split it out, read that? God, we read that? You look back into the text in chapter 30, at the end of chapter 30. What happened was Laban, for him, he said, okay, I'm going to take mine. I'm going to take mine. And Jacob took his away and put like a major distance in between them to say, okay, Jacob got the spotted animals. Laban got the solid animals. So now, and they got a big gap between them, miles away. So nobody can say that they actually ran away, ran back. Now Laban men come in and say, well, Jacob, he got over on our daddy. Or he got over on, he got over on Laban. That's not true. Jacob was far off. Jacob knew flock he had because the Lord had blessed him with his new flock. So how do we respond? How do we respond to all this? Jacob being mistreated by Laban, he'd been mistreated by the workers. How do we respond? How do you have you responded so far at work around friends and family? The more people mock your name, what do you do? I think we learned from Romans 12, 17, 20, 20, 21. I mean, Romans 12, verses 17 and 21. Listen to what Paul tells us, how to respond when people wronged us. We pay no one for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. It hurts, doesn't it? It hurts, doesn't it? It hurts because our pride cannot be free. Our pride want to be free. We want to retaliate on everybody that wronged us. But Ron Paul tells us, we pay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Yeah. Beloved, never avenge yourself. Beloved, never avenge yourself. They did this to me. Never avenge yourself. They owe this to me. Never avenge yourself. They've done this again over. Never avenge yourself, but lead into the wrath of God. Amen. We avenge ourselves because we want to play the place of God. We want vengeance because we believe vengeance doesn't belong to the Lord. But it tells us right here, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay I will repay. No, no, Creston will repay. No, I will repay. No, KJ will repay. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, right? Your enemy is hungry, right? Let him, let, send him away, right? Just send him away. You shouldn't have did that to me. Your enemy is hungry. Send him away. Your enemy is hungry and everything. That's their fault. Your enemy is hungry. No, the test says your enemy is hungry. Feed him. You feed your enemies. Feed him. Enemy is thirsty, right? Go to the store and buy your own drink. That's their fault. They shouldn't have did this. It doesn't tell us this in this text. When they're thirsty, it says give them something to drink. For by doing so, you will weep heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil. The reason why vengeance is ours, right? The reason why vengeance is ours, because we're overcome with evil. Something about giving Giving just or giving vengeance back, it justifies us. Evil, right, have overcome us that now we'll take the place of God. Now we are excited. Ah, it feels good, doesn't it? Get back in people, doesn't it? 
I got him back. I got him back. If that's the spirit that you have in you, that's not the spirit of Christ. That's not the spirit of Christ. Not be overcome with evil. Overcome evil with good. We live a life of testimony to Jesus, of Jesus. When we are taking advantage of others. And, and let me say this, let me clarify this too now. It is okay to flee from relationships that are abusive, right? It, it is okay to flee and separate and to get help. I'm not saying people take advantage. You stay there, let people take advantage. You still can run and go get help. Vengeance is the Lord. But we use those times when we take advantage of for opportunities for us to, re to respond in a way that honors Christ. For what reason, though? What reason do God allow us to be a take advantage of? Why do God allow this to happen? Why do God continue allowing people to take advantage of Christians? Why do God allow people to do that for his name to be known? And we have missed it all these years as Christians. We have missed it all these years as believers. Once we might take advantage of us, we fight them back. But the Lord allowed that to happen for the world to be able to see that we are his disciples, for them to ask questions of the hope that is in us. Think about that word, hope that is in us. Family, they ask us questions because they see, they have heard what is in you. They can't see that if you're... If you're giving vengeance back to them, you'll fight them back the same way they fight. How can they see the hope that is in you? What is true evangelism in the Bible? True evangelism is the world coming to us, asking us, why, why do you love your wife so much? Why are y'all at church on a Sunday morning and Sunday evening? Why do y'all give to the poor? Why do y'all allow people to stay at your house? Why, why do y'all allow people to do this? Why do y'all allow people to do this? The world come ask us questions. Are the world asking us a lot of these questions? Or are we going to the world asking them questions? Look at all instances of what's happening. When Jesus would try, they were asking him the questions. Right? When Jesus was out with his disciples, the Pharisees coming to ask him, are you picking on the Sabbath day? And as the Christian, as we live our lives, family, we can't run around people running to us asking us questions. The reason why a lot of people don't ask us questions because we have been overcome with evil. We have been overcome with evil. And a lot of people don't want to come to ask us certain questions because they don't see the hope that is in us. But we come here on a Sunday morning. We want to say, Jesus is great. Jesus is great. But our lives haven't showed it. Our lives haven't showed that he's great. But family, we must not be overcome by evil. Vengeance is the Lord. He will care for you. And family, let me mention this. That quote from Romans 12, Paul was writing to the Roman church. He was writing to the Roman church. So he just went writing in history and just, just some general writing. This was a church he was writing to. So this Roman church, something must have happened in this Roman church for Paul to be able to bring this up. Something happened in this Roman church. So Paul is telling them like he, he's telling us today. Vengeance is the Lord's. Remember the Lord will help you in those times. So look at point number two. The Lord looks upon the afflicted. The Lord called Jacob back to the promise. Look at verse three in chapter 31. So Jacob finally hear from the Lord. Jacob trying to go back home and he trying to leave here in peace. Laban is keep trying to say, name your wages. But now, had Jacob sat there and waited on the Lord, now the Lord has spoken. Look in verse 3. The Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your kindreds, and I will be with you. The Lord calls him back to the land of promise. The Lord commands him to return. Now, Jacob doesn't have to wait on permission from Laban anymore. He asked Laban, can he leave? And Jacob was very submissive to Laban, trying to talk to him in this. But now he doesn't have to wait on Laban anymore. The Lord said, brother, you can get out of here now. 
He can leave and not worry about the shenanigans from Laban. Isn't that amazing? How God is faithful. He comes right on time. But Laban is getting ready to try to take advantage of him again and wrong him again. The Lord say, get out of there. The Lord speaks to him when he is taken advantage of. The Lord speaks to us, family. The Lord has spoken to us. The Lord is the Lord of salvation. He rescues his people. Family, when people take advantage of us, we can wait on the Lord to save us. Amen. How do we know this? Let me read a couple. Psalm 35.3. Draw also the spear in the battle act to meet those who pursue me. Then it goes on to say, say to my soul, I am your salvation. Psalm 68.19. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation. Israel, right? They are numbered by the nations around them, but the Lord is their salvation. The little sticks and stones they might have, they don't have anything materially. They can defeat the nations around them, but one thing they do have, they have the Lord. And so Israel goes in and they defeat mighty nations because the Lord is their salvation. Psalm 65, 5. By awesome deed, you answer us in righteousness, O God, our salvation. I'm just mentioning a couple of psalms here. The Lord saves us, family, when people wrongs us. You who are trust of all the ends of the earth and the fathers of the sea. That's the Lord. Psalm 79 and 9. Help us, O God. What did the psalmist say? O God of our salvation. I think a lot of times we just be reading psalms. We skip for the word salvation over and over again. Salvation is real. The Lord saves his people. The Lord truly saves us. Help us, O oh God, for our uh, God of our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Family, do you believe the Lord saves us when we are wronged? Do you believe that? Not intellectually or academically, right? They say, yeah, the Lord will save us. Do we truly believe that? If we truly believe that, why do we keep putting things in our own hands? Put in our own hands because we don't believe he's going to save us in that moment. We feel like we got to save ourselves in those particular moments. Amen. So what did Jacob do then? Jacob listened to the Lord. Jacob went to the deuces. Look in verses 4 through 23. Jacob went to explain to his wives of the Lord's faithfulness. And their father dishonesty. Look at verse 4. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field. This is now how God had told them now is that you can get out of here, uh, Jacob. Now Jacob's going to go now and go talk to his wives and, and, and go get his livestock. And listen to what he says. Look at verse 5 now. And said to them, see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before. But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father had cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. If he said, the spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said, the stripe shall be your wages, then all the flock bore stripe. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them from, to me. In the breeding season of the flock, I lifted up my eyes and I saw in a dream that the goats that made it with the flocks were striped, spotted, and mounted. Then the angel of God said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift up your eyes and see all the goats that make with the flock are striped, spotted, and mounted. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise and go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. Listen to verse 14. How did Rachel, and, and how did Rachel respond to this? Hearing all these things, is she going to be loyal to her, I mean, to her father that has wronged him, or is she going to be faithful to her husband? Listen to verse 14. And Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and has indeed devoured our money. All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belong to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, you do it. 
Family, that's a faithful wife there. Jacob get vulnerable with his wives. And he shared these things with the Lord to see. He shared how the Father has misused them over and over again. The God of my Father has been with me. He told his wives that the Father of my, my Father, I mean, the God of my Father has been with me this whole time. When I was getting taken advantage of, God was with me the whole time. When Laban wasn't there, God was there. When Laban's sons wasn't there, that they, they wronged me, God was there. Family, even for us, when people wrong us, God is actually there. He was there with Jacob. He was there with Abraham. Family, God is always faithfully there with his people. No matter what we get ourselves into, no matter what people do to us, God is faithful to his people. Amen. So even as Laban cheated him, God was there. And just like that, he says right here, how do we know he was there? He said, I am the God of Bethel. I am the God of Bethel. Bethel was the place when the angels right were sending down. And we talk about the son of man coming down. So I was that God that was there. I'm the God that was here when they was getting over on you. So think about it. The time when Leah, right? Uh, when, when Jacob was thought he was going to be marrying Rachel. And the father what got over on him. In that particular time, we see that all that chaos was going on, but it tells us, though, is that God was there the whole time. So God allowed that to happen. So God allowed things to happen. So when trials come around our lives, that doesn't mean God is absent. God allowed things to happen in our lives for us to be built in our faith. And these words from Jacob was enough. You see what happened in verses 17 18. So Jacob arose and set his sons and wives on the camel and he drove away all his livestock, all his property that he gained and the livestock in his possession that he acquired in Padamarama to go into the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. The wives support him. They support their husband, Jacob, over their father. They said, whatever God has said to you, you do. These wives are committed to the Lord and they're also committed to their husband. The Lord doesn't just talk a good game. The Lord protects and brings his people out. Point number three as we end here today. The Lord protects Jacob from Laban. Look at 24 to 25, 55. You thought Laban was over with, right? The brother just won't go away with him. The Lord appeared to Laban now. Now the Lord even appeared to the enemy, right? Look at verse 24. But God came to Laban, the Armenian, in a dream by night and said to him, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. I know KJ has preached this message before saying that this test applied to him. You can't say anything good or bad to him. Uh, he got that wrong, KJ. That doesn't apply to you, all right? Not only the Lord, in a way, uh, talked to Jacob. He does talk to us through his word. I mean, but also the Lord has spoken down to Laban, which is the enemy. The Lord said, don't say anything to Jacob. The Lord know how furious and jealous Laban is to Jacob. It is no way that Laban can sit on a sideline to see the flock, the grandkids, the maidservant, daughter just leave. I mean, it's too much pride in Laban. They can just leave like this. So the Lord tell him to say, not say anything. The Lord does the same thing for us as well, family. In the most difficult circumstance, the Lord come through for us. Even hold back our enemies for his cause. There's a reason why our enemies can go on so far. Who's holding them back? It's the Lord. The Lord allows to hold them back. And sometimes the Lord does allow certain things, but a lot of times the Lord holds back others. So family, we don't have to figure out the plots, the schemes, of those around us at our jobs, those around us doing a promotion. We don't have to worry about those certain things. Our God will go before us. He did the same thing for Moses when Pharaoh's heart was jealous towards Israel, people. The Lord came in and suppressed the heart of Pharaoh, right? He suppressed the heart of Pharaoh. The Lord is the way, of, he's still the God of the universe. He's not only working in our lives, but the Lord can work also in the lives of the evildoers to better suppress them. 
So a lot of times we just think the Lord is working a lot of belief. He's just doing all these things for us. The, the Lord gives the enemy's boundaries. He does that at times. He's God. He's the God of creation. We heard about the, the Hebrew boys. And Greg, don't say the, boy, the boy's names. I think you said one of them names was something you said, Negro or something. <laughs> but for the most part is that, the, remember the captivity in Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar. These Hebrew boys, right, against the whole kingdom, and the Lord preserved them. And then you have this fire with Daniel and this fire, and, and, and this fire, I mean, and with the lions. The lions were having eaten. Heating up the lions and all these things that happened, and the Lord preserved them, family. I mean, do we see the consistency in our scriptures? And Jonah was swallowed by the whale, right? And the God preserved them. I mean, Israel was overtaken by Assyria. They were overtaken by Medo-Persia, by Babylon, Egypt, and God preserved them. Family, we have seen through our scriptures, God continually preserve his people. So why do we question God's power to preserve us? I think it gets again. The reason why we don't want or accept that God preserve us, then our pride cannot be displayed to the world. We want our, we want, we want our pride to be shined to the world. We want people to be able to see we got people back. But us as Christians, we humbly submit to the Lord. We humbly submit knowing the Lord will be glorified in the midst of that. So we should trust him today. So what happened here? Jacob and them leave. Laban, he's out, right? Laban heard from the Lord that he can't go to him and do anything to him. But Laban comes and he finally catches up with Jacob. And Laban did say some things to him. It's amazing though, you know, um, Laban said some things, but um, you know how Somebody tell you not to do something right, or uh, and you got to come on. Well, I'm not going to do it, but let me go ahead and say a couple more things first. But I'm not going to do anything. So Laban went on to say all these certain things that you did this to me, Jacob, you did this thing to me, but God told me not to say anything to you. You did this to me, you did this to me, but he said, God don't say anything to me. But Laban did. Laban tried to say something to him. But Laban came out and said that the Lord told me that I have to be silent. And Laban is desperate to paint Jacob as the bad guy. Even he even mentioned Jacob is in the hands to do harm, in his hands to do harm. But he told Jacob that what the Lord has told him not to say anything. But Laban found out, Laban found out that one of his pagan gods were gone, which Rachel stole. But by God's grace, Laban didn't find out that she stole it with God's grace. But at this point, Jacob is still angry. Jacob is angry. Like, why are you doing all this to me, Laban? Why are you doing all this? Look at verse 36. Then Jacob became angry and berated Laban. Jacob said to Laban, what is my offense in all this? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? For you have felt through all my goods. What have you found of all your household goods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen that you have made decide between us two. These 20 years I have been with you, your you and your female goats have not miscarried. And I have eaten the rams of your flock. What was torn by you wild beasts, I did not bring to you. I bore to the loss of it myself. From my hands you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was by day the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sheep fled from my eyes. These 20 years I have been in your house. I have served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my afflictions and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Jacob, Jacob plead to him. Look back at this. I've done all these things. 
If you had it your way, I wouldn't be living with wives or kids. I wouldn't even be living with flocks if I had if you had it your way. But God is the only way. I was able to leave with these things. So what happened? Laban responded, verse 43 to 54. After Laban heard how the Lord had been on Jacob's side, Laban asked then, okay, let's make a covenant that him and Jacob wouldn't harm each other. This place right here, if you ever go to Israel, the mountain of Gilead, that's where it comes from, from this covenant of Laban and also Jacob, was the mountain that is across the Galilean Sea. If you look at the Sea of Galilee, across there is actually the Mount Gilead. That's where the covenant was made, that now Laban couldn't cross over and Jacob wouldn't cross over. And actually the land today of Israel is still within the same boundaries of what this text is talked about. So Laban family finally let Jacob depart in verse 55. What's they let him? Well, the Lord called him out. Early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his grandchildren and his daughter and blessed them. And then Laban departed and returned home. Laban finally allowed Jacob to leave. The Lord spared Jacob. At times, it seems as if Jacob wasn't going to be cared for. But the Lord did. This goes back to promise in Genesis 28, 15. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Family, the Lord cared for Jacob. He's a God that cares for his people. Let me end with a few applications. When we are mistreated, we must respond in the way that's honoring the Christ. Let's go a few things, practical things we can do. The first thing we do when we're mistreated, first of all, is praying to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. First thing we do, pray to the Lord. Maybe write a couple things down. If you guys got a phone, take the notes of this, because some of y'all are going to be wrong this week or going to be wrong later on today. And I want you guys to respond as honoring to Christ. First thing I would say, pray to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Pray to the Lord. Second thing I'll ask you to ask yourself this question is that how can the Lord be glorified in this situation? Number two, how can the Lord be glorified in this situation when I'm wrong? And point number, I mean, I will say number eight, point. Number three is that what practical things I can do right now to be able to point them to Jesus? What's some practical things I can do right now that can point them to Jesus? Also during this time, this is time I'm speaking to number four. Try to think about this. Is this mistreatment intentional or unintentional? Is this mistreatment unintentional or intentional? If it's unintentional, then help them understand the shortcoming by pointing them to the righteousness of God. Okay? If it's unintentional, somebody might wrong somebody unintentionally. They are wrong you unintentionally. Point them to the righteousness of God in the midst of that. And if it's intentionally, then share with them the posture of our fallen natures to wrong others. In the midst of this, that yes, I, I want to retaliate. This is an opportunity for you to be able to show, even an intentional wronging you, that's the opportunity for you to share the gospel with Jesus. Another application here. Remember that the Lord hears the crowd afflicted. You might not hear voices right at that particular time. But the Lord do hear, when you cry to him, the Lord do hear the cries of the afflicted. He might not act on your timing, but the Lord will act on his right timing. He teaches us to be patient and long-suffering while we're waiting on him. Amen. Lastly, the Lord protects us from those that take advantage of us. I mean by this is that the Lord keeps those who believe in him. We might go through physical pain, but it will never separate from our spiritual heaven to come. And as we end here is that, let me make this clear, is that when people wrong us, as an art form the Gospel Coalition, 
with the article titles that how to move from forgiveness to reconciliation. When somebody wrongs us, that don't mean you're best friend tomorrow. Let me just be honest with you. When somebody wrongs you, that don't mean that reconciliation is automatically right there in that moment. You can forgive someone, right? You can forgive them. You can truly forgive them and not truly be reconciled to that person in particular that particular moment. One person, they said this right here in this article as we end here. He said, I'm sorry, but it's at least the 10th time. I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm told it's my Christian duty to forgive. And the Lord knows I tried. But each time I forgive him, he changes for a little while, then he returns to the same behavior. I have a gut feeling I am handling things the wrong way. He never really changes, and I just get angrier. What should I do? The article says. It goes on and says this right here. Jesus clearly warned that God will not forgive our sins if we do not forgive those who sin against us. It is not that we earn God's forgiveness for forgiving. Instead, God expects forgiving people to forgive. Yet forgiveness is very different from reconciliation. It's possible to forgive someone without offering immediate reconciliation. It goes on to say, the process of reconciliation depends on the attitude of the offender, the depth of the betrayal, and the patterns of the offense. When an offended party works towards reconciliation, the first and the most important step is confirmation of genuine repentance on the part of the offender. An unrepentant offender would, will resent your desire to confirm the genuineness of his confession and repentance. The offender may resort to lines of manipulation such as, I guess you can't find it in yourself to forgive him. Or some Christian you are, I thought Christians believe in love and compassion. So as we leave here today, let us remind of that as well on the other side of this. Now people have wronged us. They don't mean that they have to be at your house for dinner tomorrow. They don't mean you got to go to the movies with them the next day. They don't mean those things. You can truly forgive them, but at the same time, though, is that have they truly have taken responsibility of their actions? If not, you deal with them accordingly as well. But you have to be nasty with them. You have to be ugly with them, but you can deal with them accordingly with it. So let me pray for us, and that's us to communion.